The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. Yes, and I am still your host, Raider Greg. I've been on a hiatus. Things have been going on. Summer's been happening, and things are clicking around here. I'm sure the rest of the country is waking up to this summer, too. And I had to take a little stretch and relaxation break. But guess what? I'm back. And I'm back with some great news about our Oakland Raiders. So, without any further ado... Let's get down to it. Show 150. What's good to all you Raider fans out there, man? Get on the bone line. Tell everybody what you're thinking because it's coming up. September will be here soon. Soon. Anytime now. Yes, I know it's taking forever. TikTok, TikTok. Randy and I are still working hard to make it happen. Matter of fact, we went to the 66 Mob deal, which they had there in the parking lot. Randy's got some great video. It's a promotional day situation. Lane Kiffin came out. It was ultra. And we'll get you some pictures from that and some video as well. You should check it out because it is killer. Lane Kiffin is the man. The team came out. They're very cool, very nice to the fans. Signing autographs, just regular guys. I had a chance to talk to Zach Miller, our new tight end, tell him about the black hole and what it's going to be like on the home games. It was fun. It was a great event. Thank you, Grizz Jones of the 66 Mob and all the mobsters for being there and making it happen because it was a great event. Uh, probably one of the better ones I've ever been to, actually. Actually, excellent. Uh, the reaction from the Raiders organization was unbelievable. Talking to some girls there in the office, ticket agents, uh, the whole office is together. The whole organization in that building in Alameda is clicking on all cylinders, my friends. There's smiles. There's happiness. There is a sense of victory in the air. Let me just say that for sure. Because, you know, when you have an organization like the Raiders, any professional team needs to have the the organization behind them, the people making the things happen. Everybody has to be happy. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Lane Kiffin has been in every division in that building, talking about people, talking to people, finding out what they need, being a reassuring presence in the organization, making sure everybody knows that he is the man and making it happen. It is a great sense that I tell you right now. I feel a great sense of the 07 season, and we're going to tell you a little more why. So let's get to the show. Without further ado, show 150, here's what we got for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Do you know about my city? The city of Oak. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. Problem solved. Problem of our offensive line will be solved in 07, and I will tell you why. Because I have some great insight and just, you know, this this sport, like other sports, statistics speak loudly at times and uh, they're, they're deadly wrong at others. But I'm going to tell you, I think our offensive line is going to have some great improvement and I'll tell you why. We're going to look back at the 2002 Raiders and most specifically Rich Gannon, commander on the field, general in the locker room, 
This guy was all about winning. We're going to talk about him. If you check out our website at therainernationpodcast.com, Randy's got two great YouTube videos on Rich Gannon. Check them out. If you're jonesing for some football, let me tell you right now, this is what you need to check to your system. Because if you're jonesing, you look at these films and you will be pumped up. I guarantee it. I guarantee it, man. Check them out. YouTube, tribute to Rich Gannon. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the 2002 Raiders because, believe it or not, 2002, just the other day, seems like we were in the Super Bowl. It's not far from the truth, not far from reality. We will be there again very soon. The next story, of course, the International Raider Fan of the Week, my very good friend, Keith Smith, London, England. We're going to talk about him and why he should be the International Fan of the Week. And, of course, we'll hit the Raider Nation podcast forum section. You guys have been going crazy because I haven't been here. Yes, I know. The wayward son. The wayward child. The wayward uncle. I've been out. I've been doing business. What can I tell you? I'm back, and the New Nation podcast is back, and Randy's going to be going, oh, no, because the Raider Nation comments form section, it's huge. It's huge right now. So without further ado, let's get to our first story. Problem solved. Okay, problem solved for offensive line. We're going to tell you why. Why? I'm going to tell you why right now. Because this offseason is the time for solving problems. Okay? Now, in the offseason, every head coach has taken time uh, working against the biggest problems that they had in the previous season and solving them one way or another before the new campaign begins and ours in 07. Adjustments, practice methods, structural changes to the playbook – all things have to happen. You know, conditioning, things like that have to go on. And this offseason has been spectacular for the Raiders. Let's just focus on two critical areas that the Raiders had problems with last season. Turnovers and sacks. Boy, can't you believe it. Let's take a realistic look at what the worst teams did in 06, which would be us, and what we can do to turn them around on the ground. Members of the team of the Oakland Raiders say that they were functioning, but not functioning at the level that they need to. They were functioning at a level of, well, the Special Olympics. And that was a quote. You know, and, I, and I'm not trying to make fun of that situation because Special Olympics is a great thing. But I'm saying look at the professional organization comparing themselves to the Special Olympics. Coincidentally, the Civil and Black was the worst team in the league last season, allowing 72 sacks and turnovers, a minus 23 differential. Brutal. 72 sacks. Can these two critical areas be fixed in one season? What does recent history tell us about the difficulty of repairing these issues and what realistically goes on on the bottom four teams of the league that usually, and I'll say most usually, have these same things in common with the Oakland Raiders? So I went back a couple of seasons and looked at what teams have finished in the bottom four spots in both categories did the following year. Well, Get this. The result indicates there is absolutely no, that's what I say, no reason that this team can't turn it totally around its fortunes in the turnover battle 
for the next season. There's a great chance of fixing the sacks, total sacks as well. Before you take a look at the chart and follow up you know, season, know that 100% of the teams improved in turnovers and 85% of the teams improved in sacks. That stat alone tells me that there's big-time changes coming for the Raiders. Now, if you even think about that number and think about that, think about the number of coaching changes that happened. Not very many, some, but not more than, you know, on the bottom four teams, you know, you got to look at it. 50% of the coaches probably were gone. So 50% of them had the same coaches but still improved a great deal the next season. Head coaches Lane Kifton, Romeo Cornell, John Gruden, Rod Marinelli can all stand in front of their prospective teens and tell them there is no excuse for not having a turnover improvement close to 20 in the turnover ratio, and that's for sure. That's been the average improvement for the past four years. So, what do we do? Let's look at the New Orleans Saints, the worst team in the NFL in 2005 with a minus 24. and They improved to a minus four in one season. That's right. That's right on a three-year average. Also in 2005, the Ravens tied for third worst in turnovers with a minus 10. They led the NFL with a plus 17 in 2003. The New York Giants and Buffalo Bills with a minus 16. A year later, the Giants were a plus 20 and the Bills were a plus 26. What that says is the Raiders can totally change. What that says to me is we will change. What that says is there is very big time hope for the 07 season. Back in 2003, Buffalo gave up the most sacks with 51. Came back in 04, 38. In 2004, the Bears surrendered 66 and returned in 05 with a total of 31. In 2005, the Texans saw their quarterback on the ground 68 times and proved to 43, which wasn't really good, but much better for Carr. Oakland's Josh McCowan says quarterback decision-making is going to make a huge difference. Jamarcus Russell tells me that Oakland's receivers look great and his head is buried in the playbook. There's a lot of positives coming out about this season, but let me tell you this. The statistics themselves prove that the next year teams can improve dramatically. 50 to 100% improvement in all categories that they were last in last year. What I'm telling you is our Raiders will do much better, much better. And we can expect it, we can know it, we can feel it because these are the things that are happening. Tom Cable is the man. He's going to fix the problems. Running backs coach Tom Rathman has already linked himself to, uh, you know, this team. He is he is going to make this team his his coming out right here. Tom Rathman as a coach. I just think he's going to do a great job. He's got great material to work with, and <laughs> let me tell you, he's got some great running backs. Lamont needs help. He needs help. Justin Fargus. He needs some help. But we still have some people like Michael Bush that could totally explode, like I said, and make an insane change in what's happening next season. Now, every member of the Raiders organization to the doggone guy in the locker room was embarrassed last year. We were embarrassed as fans. Let's not take it any further. 07, different. It's changing. It's a problem that is solved. And that's all I got to say about that.
Gannon the Cannon. The 2002 Raiders season started off very good. After two previous AFC championships, working to get a third was something unbelievable and impossible to the pundits that are the media, sports media. But the Raiders once again came out of the chute firing all cylinders. And then what happened? In 2002, we had a four-game slide. Four-game slide. They weren't talking a whole lot about the Raiders going to the Super Bowl. They were talking about the Raiders being a good team. They had some nice things to say about Raiders. But as soon as we lost our second game, they started doubting the Raiders' uh, capability of making it to the playoffs. At the third game we lost, they said we were in the toilet. And by the fourth game, there was absolutely no chance. Trust me, if you were listening and you were there, there was no chance that the Raiders could make it to the playoffs, uh, let alone the Super Bowl. Forget it. And then it came on. And then the team gelled. And then we went on to win every game to the very end of the season up until... The Super Bowl, of course, which we lost. Yes, of course. But let's not forget, we were there in 2002, just a short time ago. One of the things that marked all those those seasons, those three AFC Championship seasons and the Super Bowl appearance, was one guy. We had great members of that team. We had Rich Gannon, the commander. We'll talk more about him. Timmy Brown. Man, downtown Timmy Brown, need I say more. Charlie Garner, what a runner. We had Wheatley, Barrett Robbins, names that you won't forget. Jerry Rice, come on now, think about it. We were incredible. That team, the way it gelled together was beautiful. And if you were there to see it at the Coliseum, you witnessed something truly special. Truly special, a team on the way to a championship. And at its commanding spot at quarterback, a man, Rich Gannon, plucked from Kansas City as a backup, a guy who just won an opportunity to run a team and get an opportunity to be victorious, had a big chip on his shoulder, called himself a Philly cab driver. Absolutely. This guy came into the locker room. He came into the Raiders organization and to their break room and found a pool table and video games. What did he do? He couldn't understand how a team would have time to play video games and pool if they could watch film and improve their own personal football knowledge. He didn't get it. That's the competitor of Rich Gannon. What did he do? He took the video games out. He stole all the balls for the pool table. Go figure. <laughs> the team was pissed. They were pissed at him. Some individuals actually came up to him and got into it with him. Those individuals later were traded. Not to say that it was because of that. I'll just say it's because these individuals didn't understand what work meant. And Rich Gannon understood what it meant. Now, he's the ultimate competitor, commander in the field. You could hear him screaming at people. You could see him screaming at people. But this guy was not all about attitude. Rich Gannon was about champions Rich Gannon was about making it happen. To gain an inch was the big deal. To go forward is what he wanted. To have progress is what he wanted. He not only knew his own position, he knew everyone else's. And if you blew your position, if you blew your route, he was on your ass. 
Matter of fact, Al Davis used to get complaints quite often about Rich Gannon and him getting his nose in everybody's business on their particular talent, which is beautiful. Al Davis loved it. He loved the fact that Rich Gannon would push. Can you guys forget the Broncos game in Denver where Rich Gannon broke the NFL record? Yes, in Broncos Stadium, mile high. Punk their ass. Very special moment. You should check it out on the video. It is killer. And just to see that happen, four-time Pro Bowl selection, two-time Pro Bowl MVP, a league high, Raiders high, 19 300-yard games. That is a champion. And Rich Gannon went out when Rich Gannon broke his neck, actually or could have broke his neck. He had some problems with his neck. I was there during that game, and it's just a sinking feeling that our champion was going down. Yes, and everybody everybody was wondering who's the next quarterback is going to be. Bring someone else in, bring someone else in, bring someone else in, and here we are. Here we are with the now Jamarcus Russell, Josh McCone, and, of course, Andrew Walter, who is out with knee surgery. Instead of one-third reps, giving the other two quarterbacks half reps, one each, they will both improve at the loss of Andrew Walter. I'm sure he's not very happy about it. But Raider Nation, check out the videos. Think back of 2002. It's a great time to do it in the offseason. There's not a whole lot of Raider news. Like I said, uh, we were out there, met Lane Kiffin. What a genuine individual. I can just tell you that Alameda is rocking that the Alameda facility right now, there is nothing but positive, real-time, real positive stuff going on. Don't doubt the media at this point when they're talking about the Raiders locker room being positive and a big difference from last year. It is huge. Uh, Jared Cooper, talked to him. He said that Archell didn't even know his name until December. You know what? I hate to bash old Shell Boy, but that whole thing in 2006 was a disaster. And it shows by um, the fact that this one player understood, understands now that Lane Kiffin even knows his name. What a great concept. Imagine working somewhere where the boss knows who you are. What a great motivation that alone is. And that just points again to the dysfunctionality of 2006. So check out the 2002 Raiders. Check out these videos on our podcast. It is awesome. We will be coming out, of course, like I said, with a podcast or video cast from the Alameda facility for our Oakland Raiders, where they've been doing all the mini camps and that kind of thing. And let's go to this little thing right here. Kiffin pushes back. You're pushing too hard for pushing on me. You're pushing too hard. Lane Kiffin pushes back. He pushes back because he's a Raider. He's an Oakland Raider. Okay? <laughs> he shows his Raiderness right now, man. This guy, uh, he looked like a, a deer in the headlights when he first got uh, hired, of course. Everyone could see that. This young man is a very, very cool cat. Trust me. Shaking his hand, looking into his eyes. He is a cool customer. You can believe 
Al Davis did the right thing. But what happens? This is what happens to Lane. Lane Kiffin boasts about his high-intensity level of off-season workouts, which they've been. They've been different than anything the Raiders have gone through. Turns out that full-speed workouts cost his team one week of pre-camp training. So they can't lift for a week. It's not a, it's not a week where they're going to be going through drills and stuff like that. They have one week of pre-camp workout that they're not going to be able to work out at the facility. So the whole team can work out somewhere else. It's just one of the things that the NFL Players Association, it was a penalty that they gave to Lane Kiffin about him working the team too hard on these OTAs and also on the mini camps. Uh, let's see. He was said that he was notified that, that the players union believes our total commitment to improving our football team has resulted in some violations of rules regarding practice standards, Kiffin said in a team issued statement Friday. The union has complained about the high level of intensity, player aggressiveness, and fast pace of our practices and, as a result, has taken away the final week of our off-season program. Well, you know what Lane said? That's some bullshit and whatever. That's what he said. And that's what he's telling you right now. He was notified that it's because he's committed to improving our football team, of course, they have to slap. And this is a players' association. You know what? I'll tell you, the president of the Players Association, Gene Upshaw, he better come up and smell some oxygen because, you know what? This is bullshit. You know, you want your team to be better. The guys want to win. They want to play hard. There could be some little pansy in the locker room that complained to the union. That's usually how these things get started, you know. But however it happened, whatever it happened, Lane Kiffin is saying, I will do what I must do to get this thing turned around. And this is the kind of practices I think we need, or we're going to have them, whatever. And that's a great, great statement by our rookie coach. He's not afraid of the league, and he's certainly not afraid of the Players Association. Now, there was a lot of physical contact. Okay, you're not supposed to have that. But the clearest physical contact was when the offensive and defensive line went against each other. <laughs> Kiffin once praised Robert Gallery for putting players on the ground as a sign of improvement. Right on. Robert Gallery needs to start putting some people on the ground because he's been looking up at the sky way too much. As far as we're concerned here at the Radio Nation Podcast, way to go, Kiff Daddy! Way to go, Kiffin, because you made it happen. You're going to make it happen again. And what I talked about, the offensive line improvement, this is what I'm talking about. We have a true Raider as a head coach, and it shows because he is not afraid of those people up in the doggone Players Association, the NFL. I mean, he's going to take a hit. It's nice to see. Way to go, Kiff. Keep kicking their ass. Don't take no shit, brother. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, here's a nomination for the International Fan of the Week. My very good friend, Keith Smith from London, England. I'm going to read what he said about himself and why he should be the International Fan of the Week. And I'm reading this because I want you guys to know, wherever you are, in the United States, South America, wherever you may be in this world, 
here's a guy that's 3,000 miles away who is really, and I mean really, put it down for the silver and black. And let me go on and read what he has to say because it's awesome. I've been a fan of the silver and black for over 22 years here from London, England. I'm 43 years old and have been lucky enough to see the Raiders on nine occasions around the United States, including a visit to Seattle in the home game against Denver last season here in London on an exhibition game match. My favorite players in those early years were Fred Melitnikoff, Jim Plunkett, Howie Long, Marcus Allen, and Bo Jackson. Through hard savings, I've been lucky enough to cheer the Raiders on four times in Oakland. Once in New England, three times in Seattle, and at the old Kingdome, and once here in London at the old Wembley Stadium. My best game was a victory over the Seahawks in Seattle, when the Raiders took a huge lead in the fourth quarter, which saw the majority of the Hawks fans leave the Kingdom. Ha! Which even left more silver and black, chanting and cheering throughout the stadium. On leaving the game, members of the Raider Nation were assembling in the parking lot and offered free tattoos to Raider fans with the score of the game, but I decided to give that a miss. <laughs> oh, that's just so Raider! My home in London is like a museum to the silver and black. I have every truck in the collectible series since 1990. Footballs, helmets, signs, hats, scarves, magnets, shirts, and jackets, to name a few. My wife is also a football fan. <laughs> you better have a wife that's a football fan, brother. So understanding of my addiction to the Raider football, that's great. Last season, prior to the home game with Denver, I was fortunate enough to attend and support the Belifnikov Foundation Crab Feed. Honored to meet Fred, Angela, and their family, as well as coaches, players, and fans of our wonderful organization, and of course, not forgetting the fabulous females. That was a great thing. I was there too. Matter of fact, we went together. That was awesome. I've just returned from Germany uh, for an NFL Europe game, cheering on Raiders defensive end Tolfson, uh, who started at defensive end and recorded three tackles and batted down two passes in a losing effort for Berlin. I am returning to Oakland for the Bears game in November, and I shall again be wearing a full Ingus Crusader outfit displaying the flag of St. George, complete with the Raider badge. This guy is this awesome, man. He is the Crusader Raider, and I wish he was there at every game, man, because he needs to be. I shall also be bringing the flag of England, a, a, a white flag with a red cross. The difference being the cross shall be outlined in silver and black, and the Raider crest is at the bottom of the right corner. One of my friends who shall be traveling to Oakland with me, Dave Chapman. Big Dave! He loved that guy, too. This is on his third visit to Oakland, and he has had the Union Jack flag, a flag of Great Britain, which is normally red, white, and blue, specially made in silver and black. And it's great. We got some pictures of that, too. I shall be particularly looking forward to meeting up with the guys from the Black Hole, including Gorilla Rilla and the 66 Mob. We are again looking forward to meeting fellow Raider fans and cheerleaders both in and out of the stadium. It's a great, these guys are great fans. As a long-distance Raider fan for many years, I have experienced the highs and lows of supporting our team. The difference is that due to the time zones, we do not get to watch the Raiders until, until nighttime. 
um, if they're playing in the Bay Area. This is even worse on Monday Night Football, watching the game and then going straight to work. Yeah, because he has to watch the game like 2 o'clock in the morning. It's crazy there. I'm a member of the Oakland Raiders of Great Britain fan club. And as a true supporter, I've traveled to Germany, Spain, Scotland, and Holland to support Raider players for teams here in NFL Europe League. These guys love football. I've also kitted out, see, that's an English term, a silver and black for the World Bowl in Dusseldorf, Germany. So he's been there representing the silver and black just like he does here. If you look um, on our webpage and look up uh, Keith, you can see all the pictures of him and Dave there at the Coliseum. Um, he's a picture of him sitting right next to Dave here, standing next to Dave, next to the flags. Very, very cool. It would be great to see the Raiders with a special brand of football back here in England one day in the future. They, they want them to play there really bad. We know whatever the result, the experience will be perfect due to the Raider attitude and the organization. I'll tell you right now, commitment to excellence. Go Raiders, as he would say. Go Raiders. Raiders are big, big in England. Keith Smith, Crusader Raider, London, England. Man, if they don't make this guy an international fan of the week, let alone fan of the year, I don't get it. Keith Smith is an awesome fan. Great guy. Just absolutely tip-top. The top, if you want to say anything. I'll tell you right now, he is the man. Um, Him and Dave. uh, Richard, of course, comes along too as well. Uh, What a trio. What a pleasure. Um, hopefully they'll be at my tailgate this year. I'm sure they will if they make it down to the Coliseum. And we'll just have some video of that too, which would be fun. Okay, Raider Nation. Let's hit the Raider Nation podcast comments forum. Section! Okay, let's see. What do we got here, folks? We got a bunch of them here. So let's just start off with Daniel Wheatley and Chino, shall we? Am I seeing things? Or has our front page of the Raider Nation podcast been redesigned? Not drastically, but definitely noticeable. I like it. The only problem I have is that my stock old bunky monitor is not equipped to handle the widescreen display other than that everything looks great as usual can't wait for training camp hopefully there'll be some draftee signings before then yeah i hope so too man randy's been working his ass off on this site and let me tell you kudos to him rhetoric 66 mob young and hungry promotional day that's what we went to it was awesome let me see what he has to say is anyone out there going tomorrow? I know Greg will be there. I was. Randy will make make some time. He was. I will make a trip. Three hours he drove. It will be nice to catch up with some of you local guys. Out. Yes, we went there. Rick was there. And there was a gentleman there from uh, Southern California, San Bernardino. Actually, he's from Pomona, I believe. Or Chino. He's down in that area anyways. He would made the trip just for this. 
Check it out. Pretty wild. Juan Jorge comes in. Jamarcus Russell. I hope he starts. I mean, think about it. We're playing the Lions. Notre Dame's defense is probably better than the Lions. Ha, ha, ha. Jamarcus would tear them apart. Get his confidence up and carry him up to the next game. McCown is working hard, but we are paying Jamarcus a shitload of money. And I mean, I mean, he can use toilet paper for money because he's going to get so much. I really want to see him start, but we'll see how it goes in the preseason. Yeah, we got some time, Padna. We got some time. Josh McCown, I think, is a great, great pickup. I still can't say it uh, enough about that guy. He's the guy. And he's teaching this guy the right audibles at the right time. It's going to take him some time to learn that stuff. He will play. But I think Josh is going to be the man starting the show. And we got to support Josh, man. He could be the next Rich Gannon. You just never know. Okay, here's a, an email from El Cooksta. Okay, from, and he says, Jamarcus. I want to see Jamarcus start too, but I think that it would be wise for Lane to do a Carson Palmer with him. Let him sit and learn on the offense for a year. Josh McCown is more than capable of leaning a mighty offensive attack. Yes, he can. Okay, I'm telling you. He says it's just his two cents, but it's very true. Josh can do this, and he's ready for it. I think he's a gamer. Raider Rick, yesterday's 66 mob get-together. Well, I'm sorry to say a bunch of people missed out on a good time yesterday. Not only did Grizz Jones and the mob have drinks and pizza, Coach Kiffin and his entire coaching staff came out and shook hands with all in attendance. They also took pictures, signed autographs, and answered questions. As the day went on, the players started coming out and talking to the fans, shaking hands, signing autographs. Boy, what an extravaganza. Some of those that came out were Jared Cooper, Michael Huff, Barry Sims, Michael Bush, Kirk Morrison, Sam Williams, Chris Morris, uh, Paul McQuiston, Tardell Sands, Chris Clemens, Dominic Rhodes, Jeff Otis, Oran O'Neill, Zach Crockett. I left, I left out two or so, but I'm sure that the others may have come out too. He left it too. It was definitely worth the trip and great to speak with the guys. The funniest part of it, when Cooper was asked about Kiffin, he replied, he's cool, at least he knows my name. Uh, <laughs> he then said it wasn't until week 15 last year that Archell knew his name. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, we had a blast. If you can't understand that, man, I'm telling you, we saw all these guys at this event. Thanks to Grizz Jones, great time was had by all. Randy, Raider Randy comes in. Keith Smith is nominated for International Fan of the Week on Raiders.com. Check out the photo at the top of the page. Click on it, and you'll get the full story of the nomination and the history of the member of the International Raider Nation. Greg and I have had the honor of tailgating with Keith, his friend Dave Chapman, and Dave's brother Richard the last two years in a row. During their trip over from London last year, they caught the Raiders away game in Seattle, CR Raider Nation videocast, episode 11, and the Raiders home game versus the Broncos. New York Tommy Raider made it too, and it was great. Videocast 12. We had a ball. <laughs> I was able to make the trip with them to Seattle, and the outcome of the game could have been better, but it was great regardless. The three Crusader Raiders will make a trip once again this year to the Raider Nation, and he will be on the videocast for sure. I think that it would be nice 
if we could send a few emails to the Raiders.com to show our support for Keith and voting him International Raider Fan of the Week. I don't know anyone who could possibly be more deserving. Tell the Raiders contest people that you heard it here about Keith's nomination on Raider Nation podcast. Here are the URLs for um, the video casts and the email. And he has them listed here on the Raider Nation podcast comments forum section. Check them out. A dingo ate my baby. The NFLPA can kiss my ass. Jerry McDonald of ANG News reports the Oakland Raiders have had the final week of their offseason program taken away by the NFLPA. Head coach Lane Kevin said, I was notified by the Players Union who believes our total commitment to improving our football team has resulted in some violation of rules regarding plastic standards. Union has complained about the high level of intensity and player aggressiveness as our and our fast-paced practice as a result has taken away a final week of our off-season program. Well, the league can kiss my ass. There is documented proof of contact and most other team OTAs across the league. And what do they do? Pick on the team that is the worst in the league last year. The NFLPA are a bunch of assholes. He said buttholes, but I'll say assholes. Screw the NFLPA. They once again, Gene Upshaw, you got to pull your head out, brother, because this is your old team, and I can't believe you're going after the Raiders. Well, you know what? Join the freaking crowd. You're, you know, you're, you've been down in the NFL too long. You've been dealing with the the NFL league owners associations and all that crap way too long because you lost your composure and where you should be checking out things. Uh, don't be coming home to Oakland and pointing a finger over here when everyone else is doing the same fucking thing. Nice talking to you. Juan Jorge. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> He just went off. I can't believe it. He can't wait to, till uh, we prove everybody wrong, man. But he is pissed off about that bullshit that uh, just came down from the league, actually from the Players Association on Lane Kiffin. Go Kiffin. Uh, you got to read this one yourself. The assassin comes in. The Players Union, I take it as a, Compliment after going two and twelve. Fuck yeah, we're gonna be intense. Way to go, Kiff. Right on. Better best statement yet. Thank you, Assassin. It was very well put. The Tokai Outpost of Tokai Japan Outpost of the Raider Nation. Commitment to excellence as long as I still get my breaks and video games. What Kiff's statement really means, we sucked last year. We really sucked. So I'm making these losers work their asses off, and they don't like it. And if you think we, we don't know who's complained, you're kidding yourselves. In the number one of the two videos on Rich Gannon, love the videos, by the way, and thanks for putting them on the homepage, Gannon says that he was surprised when he came to the Raiders and saw a room filled with video games and a pool table. When do they have time for, to play games? Shouldn't they be watching film during that time, he asked? Then he took the balls in the pool table and then hid them. And he also took the video games, too, and said a couple of players asked him if they were going to be back soon. Those players weren't on the team anymore. 
you have to wonder if the team is going through something similar. Pushing the players on purpose to see who complains, the Grudeneers saw the departure of Chester McLaughlin and other lame-ass cancers. Now Moss is gone. Who's next? Great point, man. Great point. Robert Moorhead comes in here with this particular post and makes an excellent point. Gruden came in and made life tough for these guys, and people who shook up the tree fell right to the ground, and that was it. And that's exactly what I think this guy's doing. That's a very nice point. Thank you, Robert Moorhead. Bishop, 916. Kiffin responds. The Players Union believes our total commitment to improving our football team has resulted in some violations of rules. He just called the NFLPA a bunch of whiny biatches. Way to go, Kiff. Nice response to an obviously biased penalty. Professional, intelligent way to say that we have been running these guys' asses off and getting in the mix a bit. And, oh, by the way, practice is over. LOL. Go Raiders. Great take man that's another good one too Giffen did tell him to pound sand and he's doing the best he can to improve this team you know what 07 Raiders looking bad to the bone man I'm telling you right now we got nothing to look forward to but greatness the greatness of the Raiders sorry it's been so long since my last podcast guys but you know what somebody's got to take a break sometime and if you got to take a break this is about the best time because no football is some bullshit. Colorado Chris always said it at the beginning of the year. And it holds true to this very moment. Thanks for listening. Sorry it's been so long, but that's the way it goes. Thank you so much. Raider Nation Podcast is on again. And I am Raider Greg. And I am.